0: It's the Speeway Show, an idea exchange empowering us to live well, live fully, and love deeply. And now, here's our host, Speeway. Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Speeway Show. Thank you very much for joining me today. And uh, we are going to talk about a question that often plagues many of us over the course of our lives. How will this help my dream? Are you in a dead-end job? Do you wake up every day hating what you do and dreaming of that dream job you'd really rather be doing? Do you feel frustrated because what you're doing right now has nothing to do? with what you want to do, and you just can't seem to find a path to the fulfilling work you want, well, this is a different kind of show. I'm not going to give you tips on how to be a better employee. I'm not going to tell you that if you hang in there, you'll get that raise. I'm not even going to tell you that you're in the wrong job. What I will tell you, is that the very job you are in may be the job that you need to reach the success you want even if you cannot see it. The best way for me to get you on the same page that I'm on is for me to give you two stories from my life. And uh, the first one actually happened very recently, and I remember thinking to myself, self, this is the perfect story for this show. I'm going to use it. So here it is. I have some hostas that I planted in my home, in my front yard. And uh, for those of you who do not know what hostas are, visit the posting for this show, spway.com, or... um, uh, com and you will see a picture, uh, or if I'm really good, you'll see a couple of pictures of the hostas that I'm talking about. Big, green, very hardy, leafy plants. And there are lots of different kinds of hostas. And um, so I, at one point, decided it would be very cool to plant two different kinds of hostas along the side um of the house that goes up to the front door well the hostas got bigger and i decided that actually i really liked the all green hostas better than i liked the green and white ones that are there so now my goal is to uproot the green and white ones so that i can have just the all green ones along the side of the house now, these oysters are big. They're beautiful. They're hardy. They come up every year all by themselves. They need minimal supervision, which is great because, you know, I don't have a green thumb. I was not blessed with the ability to make things, you know, grow. I actually killed a cactus once, and um, turned out it needed watering. And I thought, well, it lives in the desert. Why would it need water? Until uh, it died. Shucks. So I do not have a green thumb. So I like my hostas. They're actually the one thing that I've managed to get to grow a lot. So I decided rather than uh, give away my green and white ones, what I really want to do is I want to transplant them over into a circle of trees that I have in the front yard. And uh, so that was my goal. Number one, I want to create a ring of green and white hostas in the circle around the trees in the front yard, and number two, I want to have my all-green hostas in the, um, walk, along the walkway to the, to the front door of the house. Sounds simple enough, right? Well, then I get into actually doing it. Well, wouldn't you know it, in that row of hostas where I want to dig up my green and white hostas, there are these rocks, decorative rocks. And in order for me to be able to dig up the hostas, I first have to remove the rocks. Well, now if I'm going to remove the rocks, I have to get a container to put the rocks in. I walk into my garage and I look around and I see these buckets. Now the buckets are sitting on top of these um, rather high shelves. And for those of you who don't know me, I'm not very tall. I'm 5'2 on a good day. And uh, actually, five foot one and a half, I like to round it up to five foot two. So I'm not very tall. So in order to get the buckets, I need to get a ladder to climb up to the top of the um, cabinets to get the buckets down to put the rocks to remove the hostas. Okay, fine. No problem. So um, in order to get the ladder, though, the ladder is hanging on hooks along the ceiling of the garage. So to get the ladder, I've got to go get a chair. To get on the chair, to get the ladder, to get it down so that I can go get the buckets on top of the cabinets to put the rocks, uh, to clear away the area so I can get these hostas out. So I go, I get the chair, I bring down the ladder, I reach the buckets on top of the cabinets. Then I realize that actually um, I need more buckets. So now I have to stop what I'm doing to go to Home Depot to buy more buckets. So I pick up my daughter, Jamie, drag her with me, and uh, got to buy 10 more buckets and lids because now I've got to stack the buckets. Well, I get home and I realize that actually I need to clear out a space in the garage in order to store the buckets of rock once I have them. So now I've got to spend some time clearing out a space in the garage where I'm going to put my buckets that I have now bought and taken down off the shelf. Okay, fine. So now I clear out the space so I can store my rocks. Now, um, then I have to now, I, I, I finally think, okay, I'm ready to, to start digging up my hostas. Well, I um, have a hard time because my hostas by now are really big and the leaves are all over the place can't even see to dig around the roots because they're so big. So now I've got to stop what I'm doing. i got to go find some straight. So I go, I go to my sewing basket. I rummage around. i got to find some thick twine. And uh, I go, I get some thick twine to tie around the leaves in order that I can see the ground to remove the rock. Well, the other thing I discover is uh, I fill the first bucket of rock and I realize that this is pretty darn heavy. And as much as I want to work out, I don't want to throw out my back in the process. So now guess what, I, what do I need? I need the wheelbarrow. Where is the wheelbarrow? The wheelbarrow is in the garage hanging on some hooks uh, behind the lawnmower and the snowblower. So now I have to go and reach over and get the wheelbarrow. Fortunately, the wheelbarrow is not that heavy, so I can carry it. Thank goodness I spent all that time in the gym. All that weightlifting has got to count for something, right? So I finally, I go out, I get the wheelbarrow fine. Uh, now, the whole purpose of the wheelbarrow is simply that when I take one of those many buckets that I now have, I put it in the wheelbarrow, I fill it with rock, and then I wheel the wheelbarrow around into the garage to that place I saved for my space. Okay? Now all of this, the tying, the wheelbarrow, the trip to Home Depot, the ladder, and oh by the way, I gotta put the ladder back up so I gotta go back and and put the ladder back up on the hooks and put the chair away. All of this before I ever even dig. Okay, finally, I have now tied up my leaves. I've got everything I need for my rock. I am finally ready to dig. I have exposed the roots of, well, the area where the roots are, so now I finally get to start digging. Okay, so I dig up the first two hostas, and let me tell you, it is a lot of work because I've got very thick soil, and it takes a lot of energy. So I dig up my first two hostas, and I know that actually you shouldn't expose, leave plants exposed for too long, otherwise they die. And um, I think to myself, self, I, I, you know, by now half the day is gone, and um, I'm thinking, well, let me just stop that too, and let me bury these in the ground. Well, before I can bury these in the ground in my circle of trees where I want to put them, I gotta split them. So now I gotta go find the other tool to. Split the hostas down the middle so that I can split them in half and then plant them. Well guess what? I'm looking at my circle where I want to put my hostas and I realize that actually I want to remove the smaller hostas with the yellow leaves in order to put these bigger hostas with the white, with the green and white leaves. Whew! Okay. So before I can transplant my hostas, now I gotta do what? I gotta dig up the, I gotta dig up at least I've got two hostas that I've pulled out, and I've split them in half, so that means I've got to to make the space for four hosta plants in the circle. So I've got to dig up at least three or four of the existing hostas that I want to remove out of that circle. Never mind what I'm going to do with those. I'm probably going to give those away. So before I can plant the hostas, I now have to dig them up. So I dig them up. And um, finally, I planted my green and white hostas in the rain. Now, that's just two. I've got six total that I have to move. And I as I, as I, as I do this show, I haven't even gone back to the other four. I actually took a week of vacation. And one of the things I want to do today uh, over the next week is I want to go and dig up the rest of these hostas. So now you hear how circuitous this process was. Now, let me apply that to career, because you might be thinking, what does this have to do with the price of tea in China? Here's the second part of my story. Once upon a time, there was a law student who dreamed of being a corporate lawyer. That was me. Uh, Now, when I say I wanted to be a corporate lawyer, I don't necessarily mean I wanted to practice transactional law. I just wanted to work in a corporation and practice law. Now, I graduate, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to be a corporate lawyer now except I was faced with the reality that actually when you graduate, you take the job that's offered to you, not the one that you want, because the reality is you might not even be qualified for the job that you want. Um, at a lot of companies now, they if you want to be an in-house lawyer, which is what I am now, they a lot of them don't take first-year law students. They like to take either partners out of law firms, or they will take senior associates out of law firms because they want you to have had a fair amount of experience first. Who knew? So my first job out of law school was a general practice. I did criminal, divorce, bankruptcy, juvenile work, and um, civil and probate work, a whole host of stuff, in Dayton, Ohio. And I was actually self-employed, not the thing that I had ever anticipated or wanted, but um, it just worked out that way, and as it turned out, I was actually quite good at being self-employed over the course of five years. But this was far from my dream of wanting to be a corporate lawyer. Well, five years into my practice, my uh, husband and I decided we were going to move with his job, and moving with his job meant that I had to shut down with my I had to shut down my practice. And we moved from Ohio to Iowa. Well, I knew we weren't going to be there permanently, and uh, it wasn't uh, a good idea to start a practice because you can't start a practice and move around. So what I decided to do was I was going to go get a job with somebody. And at the time that I went, I wasn't actually licensed to practice law in Iowa because I just got there. So I had to go find another job. So I went to work for a financial services, huge financial services company in Iowa, in Des Moines, and I was a research analyst. Now, that was a bit of a crisis, identity crisis, because for five years um, I had been a lawyer, and since college I'd wanted to go to law school. So now I wasn't a lawyer anymore. I was a research analyst had a problem with that and i was thinking to myself this probably feels like such a deviation from my job and um from research analyst i became a manager of e-business strategic alliances don't feel bad if you don't know what that is because most people have never heard of it and uh, i worked in a cross business unit marketing um and strategy um area and um as a, you know, I, I did all sorts of things in the those jobs as research analyst, um, manager of e-business strategic alliances, and ultimately manager of corporate strategic alliances. That seemed completely irrelevant to my ultimate career goal. Um, I did have a an excellent relationship with the vice president in charge of my business unit. And uh, he actually gave me some great career advice. And uh, he told me, you know, don't ever limit yourself to the jobs that are available in front of you in any organization because, um, you know, jobs get created all the time. So focus more on what you want to do and uh, the kinds of ways that you can make a difference in the organization and what you're passionate about and the job will Either materialize, that will allow you to do that, or you can morph pretty much any job and do it your way. Other things that I did, so I took that as good career advice, um, walked off and said, well, you know, this is great advice. I'm going to remember that. Uh, things that I did when I was in that uh, company, I wrote business plans for entry into six different countries. And I thought, "Yeah, hmm, you know, interesting But, uh, you know, don't really see what this has to do with the practice of law. I served on a team that did a complete overhaul of the company's website. So we hired a whole bunch of people. Um, um, Consultants, marketing specialists, human factors people, um, IT programmers, and, you know, heaven only knows what else. Usability testers, we did focus groups, we did, I mean, we did all sorts of things. We did the whole shebang to do this enormous refresh, which was interesting, but, it, you know, what does this have to do with the practice of law? Um, as a result of all of that work, I actually ended up doing HTML. I took classes in HTML coding and Dreamweaver training. And uh, if you don't know what Dreamweaver is, it's, it's, it's a program uh, once upon a time used to do coding. I don't even know if it's out anymore. Maybe it still is. I also, the part that had to do with legal work, I managed contractual relationships with Fortune 500 companies so that we could further our alliance activity. So, for example, uh, we might say, hey, we've got 125,000 small business customers. We see that IBM does too. Maybe we should have a relationship with IBM. Maybe we'll use their hardware and we'll use their kiosks for uh, employees at our customers' uh, sites to go online and uh, get onto our uh, website so that they can manage their 401K plans. That's the kind of stuff that I did. I worked a lot on marketing strategy initiatives. And, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, it was interesting, but what does this really have to do with the practice of law? Didn't feel like it had much. But the company treated me very well. I enjoyed my time there. One of the things I learned about myself was, you know, I really didn't want to be a business person. That was my career had I chosen to stay. But I decided I wanted to get closer, back closer to the practice of law. So um, my my the VP of my business unit had now moved on and he was now running the flagship um business unit uh the 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 product business unit the profit center that was essentially the cash cow for the business very successful at this point in his career so his name was larry i thanked larry for the advice and for taking such good care of me when i left the company and um really didn't think too much of it at the time. It, was just, it just seemed like the right thing to do because I, just, I, was, I was so grateful for the opportunity that I had had at the company. Granted, uh, it felt like it was off the beaten path for where I wanted to go, but, boy, that was a wonderful, wonderful company to work for. My boss was great. My boss's boss was great. Everybody I worked with, just phenomenal people. And uh, so I really enjoyed my time there. Next five years, I'm back in a firm practicing commercial litigation and toxic tort litigation for Fortune 500 companies. Now, I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, this is a little bit closer, but I wanted to be in a corporation, and this wasn't quite it. Um, But it was okay. And uh, some of my angst, frankly, was knowing that had I stayed in that first firm uh, for the first five years, I would have been either a partner or I would have been making a ton of money as a self-employed, very successful lawyer. And so this, this time, these five years, five to six years that I had spent at this corporation just felt like, you know, it was kind of a waste of time in terms of my career path it was a pointless meander of unrelated job experiences and i just couldn't make sense of 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 what that work meant um however and and by the way when i was at that first firm you know criminal law eh, i'm not sure what it has to do with the price of tea in china um Uh, Civil litigation, you know, what's it got to do with corporate law? But interestingly enough, that litigation experience from that one firm now helped me in my second firm because it served as the foundation upon which I was able to build on. Then, um, fast forward. So I'm in my 20th year of practice. And um, when I got the job that I have now, Interestingly enough, I was actually sitting out with a girlfriend of mine who worked for a legal recruiting firm, and she says to me, you know, she started asking me questions about my background, my experience, and she said to me, you know, the more I talk to you, the more I think you'd be an excellent fit for a client of mine who is looking for an in-house associate general counsel for litigation. And I said, why is that? And she said, well, because... um, You know, she described the job, and one of the things that set me apart for this job that I have today was the fact that I had a almost, um, well, not equally divided, because by now I had spent 10 years in firms, but I had spent five, almost six years inside a corporation. And one of the things that my boss was looking for was somebody who not only had expertise in litigation and had actually tried cases, but he was looking for someone who had spent enough time in a corporation that he or she understood what corporate culture meant and all the differences between working in a firm versus working in a corporation, So all of a sudden, that unrelated-looking experience that I had had, those meanders through the corporation and these two completely different law firms, suddenly were the reason why I even got in the door for an interview. Who knew? And the other interesting thing um, was that now – References became a critical deciding factor for my current boss when he made the final hiring decision. So he had me and a couple of other candidates that he was looking at. And, um, you know, personally, I had told my father, who I call Papa, who is my, I also call him my dad, God in heaven, I had told him I was in such a good place with the litigation firm that I worked in in the Twin Cities where I did the commercial litigation and toxic torts, that uh, he had to give me some signs. And the only way that I was going to move jobs is if I felt like this was the move that God had sanctioned. And part of the reason for my hesitation was because at the time, uh, this was um, right around 2000, and uh, when was that? 2008, 2009. We were headed into a financial recession in the in the not just the U.S. economy but globally, and um, you saw stories about people who jumped ship, they switched jobs, they were the last in to a particular company and also the first out, and uh, because they didn't have seniority. And I certainly was not going to be one of those. And um, so I was I was sort of asking God for signs for you know to confirm that this job was one that I should take if it was offered to me. And, um, you know, the the still small voice said when I was thinking about references, call Larry. Remember Larry? Larry was the guy who, when I moved to that company in Iowa, that financial services company had given me that really good advice about, uh, you know, career advice, and he was the guy that I sent the thank you note to when I left the financial services company. Well, I thought, Well, yeah, okay, let me call Larry. So I pick up the phone, I call Larry and uh his believe it or not, this was now fast forward this I had left the company five years before and his secretary still remembered me. Of course it helped that my name was Speeway and I was the only Spewe she knew. But she 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 recognized me. She knew exactly who I was when I told her and um I told her that I was uh, looking for a reference, and I wondered if uh, uh, Larry would be interested in giving me a reference. She said, oh, yes, Larry would be delighted to give you a reference. Absolutely. And uh, let me tell him, and I'll get a letter to you, blah, 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 blah. Great. And uh, I said, um, now, remember, Larry started out as as the VP of my business unit. He then graduated to being the... um, um, VP and the leader of the Cash Cow um, Profit Center business unit for the leading one of our business units in the company. So I said, "Oh, by the way, I'm going to need to write down on this reference Larry's title. What is Larry's title these days?" And she said to me, "Oh, he is the president, CEO, and chairman of the board of the company. Who knew?" So the guy who was the chairman and the CEO and the president when I was there had now retired, and Larry had taken his job. And I thought, oh, my goodness. So I got a reference from the president, CEO, and chairman of the the highest-ranking employee in that company of a Fortune 5. Actually, it was a Fortune 250 financial services company. Oh, my goodness, what a big deal. So that was one of my signs. And... um, in fairness, you know, we have since hired at my, at my current um, company uh, other people as associate general counsel, and you don't know the privilege that you have until you watch somebody else try and get that job because the standards are so high and we've turned down so many candidates. We've ultimately hired people, but the selection process is so tight. And I look at it now and I'm amazed I got this job. But at the end of the day, You know, um, I have been so surprised at how even the experiences from five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, have come back to help me in my job today. Had it not been for my HTML and Dreamweaver coding, I would not have been able to do all that I have done in running my websites because I run them myself because I have the HTML coding experience. So whenever you see those new shows on the Speedway show every single week, I'm doing that. So I had a guy who set up the website, a uh, great company called Velvet Inc. Media. If you're ever looking for somebody to uh, uh, do some website work for you, I highly recommend them. but velvet ink set up the website but they set it up in such a way that i could manage it because i can't and um so who'd have thunk it um my broad base of experience allows me to be flexible in dealing with many different issues that we face at my company all the time Uh, i serve as internal general counsel to some of the uh, countries uh, that we have in our corporate footprint And because I had that experience at the beginning of my career where I was self-employed, I dealt directly with clients, I can deal with those clients and I can deal with those issues. Because of my experience at my prior firm dealing with Fortune 500 companies, I have an understanding of all sorts of things. And... um, Sometimes I have to deal with things that allow me to draw from my criminal law background um, from my d- domestic relations background. every so often, I have people who come to me and they need help personally and they 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 you know might have had some personal legal issues. i don't advise individual clients anymore. But I can at least tell them, you know, this is the kind of lawyer you need to go find. These are the kinds of things you need to look out for. This is what it means when you hear blah, 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 blah. And so at the end of the day, what I'm going to, all that to say, what I will tell you is that a lot of the experiences that I have had have been fully, fully relevant today. I did divorce work for the first five years of my career. And because I understood that, when I went through my divorce, it was a lot easier to understand what the process was. And I have also been able to use that in uh, even the shows that I have done. I've done four shows called uh, When the Marriage Falls Apart. So if you know someone who's gone through that, Send them over to speedway.com or the com. They're posted there. You can also get them off of the podcast. But even to this day, I'm still drawing on those experiences from 20 years ago. And so all that to say, do not despair if your career path feels like you are going around the bend, you know, you're at Home Depot. What has being at Home Depot got to do with the fact that you want some pretty hostas in your front yard? What does, you know, Dreamweaver training uh, and HTML coding mean to someone who wants to practice law and be in-house? They might seem completely unrelated, and I encourage you not to despair. Here's what I will leave you with, and um, I I read this on uh, Tyler Perry, uh, renowned comedian, actor, director, and um, thoroughly talented gentleman uh, who's done a lot of movies um, that you might have heard of. He's done the Medea movies, Medea Goes to Jail, um, and um, Diary of a Mad Black Woman, and Why Did I Get Married, one and two, and... The Family That Prays, I mean, many, many, many movies. But um, Tyler Perry wrote this, and I, wanna, I told him I was going to use it in one of my blogs, and I'm going to read it to you because it is the perfect uh, way to uh, capture everything I, I, I want you to remember about this particular topic, and here it goes. He says, I was driving into work this morning, and I started thinking about all the days I dreaded going to work. I was so sick of it. The job, my boss, the people I worked with, the traffic, I would wake up angry every morning. I didn't want to deal with the crap of my job, but I was forced to go i had been homeless i was broke living paycheck and hopefully to the next paycheck i couldn't take a day off for fear i would get fired i was just frustrated i thought i hated my life and the job it was so aggravating because god had placed all these dreams and hopes in my soul and mind and i had no idea how they're going to come to pass to have a dream of being something better and living better than the way I was at the moment and not to see a way of getting there felt like death to me. But I thought, dear God, why would you give me so much hope and not make a way? But what I learned through prayer was, with no path in front of you and no road map, this is where true faith begins. With faith I realized that I wasn't frustrated with my life or the job. I was frustrated because I was a person who had dreams for myself, a person who had visions for my life, and I wasn't living it. Have you ever been there where you felt so strongly that there was more to this life than what you see in front of you? He goes on to say, One of the most difficult things about being a dreamer is the fear that the dream will never happen. I am here as a living witness to tell you your dreams can come true. You can't give up. And I am here to, te- to let you know that everything can work together for your good. The time that you are spending on that job that you think is a dead end is not. You're being prepared just like I was. I was a shine boy. I worked as a bill collector, a used car salesman, in housekeeping in a hotel, and they were all preparation for where I am now. What do these things have to do with where I am now? I'm glad you asked, he says. I am able to use the skills that I learned. I shine shoes so I know how to shine my shoes if I need them to look nice. Selling used cars was a great way to learn how to close a deal. Bill collecting taught me great negotiation skills. Working at that five-star hotel taught me a lot about travel. Every experience in your life is here to teach you something. Today, while you're at work, don't be frustrated. Look around you and ask God, what are you there to learn, and how will it be part of your future dream? Honor that job. Do the best you can at it, because... God will bless you for honoring something that belongs to another. Here's a prayer for today. This is where he closes. God, help me hold on. Help me to get to what I dream of. Help me to honor where I am today so that I can appreciate where I will be tomorrow in Jesus' name. That is the end of Tyler Perry's. Um, note that he wrote on his Facebook page. So with that, this is Speedway saying, go in peace and keep dreaming in faith. Thank you for joining us on The Speedway Show. Visit thespeedwayshow.com for content and other episodes. Join the fan page Woo-hoo. at facebook.com slash the Speedway Show and follow Speedway on Twitter at the handle, The Speedway Show. Until next week, live well, live fully, and love deeply.